This is an ABC podcast. Norman, I feel like we're going back to our roots today with CoronaCast because I can see you on FaceTime and you're under your trusty recording towel. Yeah, took me a while to get the tape recorder going, but you know, we're, we're getting there. It's very comfortable under the towel. I can pretend the rest of the world doesn't exist. <laughs> the ostrich approach to everything, which, yeah, I can get behind that. That's right. And Will loves it because I go short of oxygen, therefore we keep the timing down. <laughs> oh, well, let's crack on with it. This is CoronaCast, a show all about the coronavirus and other viral nasties that we have to deal with. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor on Yagara and Turrbal land. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan, speaking to you from the Gadigal land of the Aurora Nation. It's Wednesday, the 7th of September, 2022. Norman, you are very fond of saying that the current vaccines were designed against the ancestral strain of the coronavirus and they're not as good at protecting us from getting infected with this virus uh, anymore because the the variants have moved on. Of course, we're still getting good protection from disease and of severe disease and dying. But good news for you, uh, there's new updated vaccines from both Moderna and Pfizer. They say they've got vaccines that are effective against Omicron. So is this is this it? We finally finished the pandemic. We've, we've solved it. If only, if only. So um, last week, at least at the time we were recording, the Federal Goods Administration gave provisional approval to the Moderna BA1 vaccine. So that's by what's, what's called bivalent, which means that one part of the vaccine is the ancestral virus. And the other part of the vaccine is the BA1 version of Omicron. And what they say they found was that the BA1 part gave a good antibody response against uh, BA1 and also seemed to give a better antibody response against BA5 than the ancestral virus. So if you're protecting against the Omicron suite of viruses, this bivalent vaccine is better at the Omicron suite of viruses than the ancestral vaccine or the ancestral virus vaccine, which is what we've had so far. So that's great news. What's um, less than great news is that um, we're coming off the top of the BA5 surge and we don't know what the next variant's going to be. So when are we likely to see these in Australia? And once they're here, when should you be timing your your updated booster dose? With the Moderna vaccine, uh, we're waiting on ATAGI, the Advisory Committee on Immunisation, to say how it should be given, to whom and when. So we don't know the answers to those questions yet. Most people have been saying so far that if you are eligible for your third or fourth dose, you should have it because there's so much virus around, you should get protected now. Like, don't wait. That, that's right. Don't Don't wait. With the TGA having approved it and ATAGI imminently going to give their advice, it might just be worth hanging on a little bit to find out whether or not um, you are eligible. And there's some evidence, some experts are saying that waiting another little while to get, by a little while, I mean not rushing in earlier than three months for your booster vaccine might be quite a good thing for your immune system and the immune response. So you you really should be getting your booster after three months, but rushing to get it before that is probably not a great idea according to some immunologists. Does it make a difference if you're talking three months from your previous booster or from maybe when you've had COVID? People need to look up and talk to their GP about what the latest advice is rather than getting it from us. But 
it, it cuts both ways. It looks like three months might well be a, a good period of time for both. If it's going to be in a week or two and it's going to be available, and we've, my understanding is we've got vaccine in the country and it's going to be available, then you should get the bivalent vaccine. Although there is one caveat, is there's not a huge amount of human data on it. But on the other hand, that's the basis on which influenza vaccines are approved every year, on the basis of an antibody response. And given that the vaccine technology doesn't change, it's going to be just as safe. So it probably is worth waiting at this stage just to see what Otagi says. But if you aren't qualified for, the, if you don't qualify for the booster vaccine with the bivalent vaccine, but the old one, it's unlikely that that's the case. But if that were to be true, just go and get that. It's really important. So they've been provisionally approved. It's up to Otagi to give the advice on how that's going to, how that's going to happen, who that's going to be for. And we should know that probably in the next day or so. So, Norman, you want to talk about something else today, which is exciting scientifically, but also I'm excited for it because it involves snot. It does. So the bivalent vaccine gets us over this Omicron hump, but we don't know what the next variant is going to be. And to get effective immunity to really stop this pandemic, you've got to stop people being infected in the first place. And that means you've got to do for an effective vaccine that's going to really halt the pandemic, there's three things you're asking from a vaccine. One is that you get immunity on the internal surfaces, so the mucosa, the lining of your respiratory tract. The snot bit. The snot bit. That's your snot bit. Uh, then there's the antibodies, which is what these vaccines do anyway, which is that the antibodies are produced, and that's, if you like, the next line of defence, which is in a fairly short time frame, your antibodies kick in. And then there's a third line of defense, which are your T cells, which actually kill the virus in their own right. And they also hold the memory of the vaccine or the previous infection. So there's good news and bad news about the mRNA vaccines. The mRNA vaccines, at least with the current versions of the virus, do not give you good immunity on your surfaces. And your mucosa kind of is a surface, isn't it? Even though it's inside your body, it's effectively an external surface because outside bits can get to it without cutting you. That's right. So it's exposed to the outside world. And your immune system is really highly tuned to these surfaces, both in your bowel and in your respiratory tract, because that's where new infections and nasties are going to come in, either through your nose or through your bowel. And so all the time, there are circulating immune cells going past your surfaces, just checking that things are okay. So just reiterating, you want these tr this triple response. The antibody response on the surfaces, on the mucosa, the antibodies inside your blood, uh, which are different antibodies, and the T cells. Now, it turns out mRNA vaccines, at least to the current viruses, are really good at the antibodies and the T cells, but they're not good at the antibodies on the surfaces. The good news is, there's a hint that, from some research, is that if you've had a previous COVID infection and you get an mRNA vaccine after that, that you actually get not a bad immune response on the surfaces. So that's quite good. Whether it's an effective one to really prevent infection is another matter whatsoever because there are plenty of coronacasters who've had COVID and had the mRNA vaccine and got COVID again. So it's not that effective. Well, you're one of them, aren't you? I am. So the question is, how do you get good mucosal immunity so that the first surface is protected? And scientists around the world are looking at a vaccine that you'd actually deliver up your schnoz 
to um, to protect you. That would be awesome because not only would it be maybe protecting you more, you also wouldn't have to get a needle, which is what everyone hates about getting vaccines. Yes, and given that your immune system is constantly monitoring what's going on and circulating past your surfaces, your mucosa, then it's quite likely that a mucosal vaccine will be picked up by the relevant white blood cells and induce an antibody response in the blood and indeed a T-cell response. So it's likely that a mucosal vaccine gives you the triple effect that you're looking for. So there are lots of research going on. One uh, project is looking at a viral vector vaccine. So in other words, similar kind of vaccine to the AstraZeneca vaccine, but nasally, which uses a virus to take the the genetic material inside the cells of the uh, respiratory tract and getting a reasonable response. So that's those are in trials at the moment. Are there any approved nasal vaccines for other diseases? No, no. The, the, these are early stage where they're, they're doing animal vaccines, they're doing first in human studies, and they've got to do large randomised trials in humans to find out whether or not they do work and they, and they work as effectively against severe disease. Because remember, if the virus gets through the mucosa and into the respiratory tract proper, then uh, you really do want a vaccine that's protecting you against severe disease. And the hope is the mucosal vaccine does that. There is a history of this. So there is a mucosal vaccine against influenza. And there's been a lot of interest in this over the years. So the mucosal vaccine could be the the circuit breaker for the pandemic moving forward. Yeah, wow. Well, staying with noses, we've actually had a question from someone asking not about a vaccine, but about a preventative spray, a preventative nasal spray, which is being used in other countries. It seems to be available here, but um, this person says there's been almost no mention of it in the media. Why not? Um, Are there side effects? Why wouldn't we be using kind of every tool that we've got available to us? Well, we've got a proof that it doesn't do any harm and that it works. I think the one that this person's asking about is a, a nitric oxide one, which affects the blood vessels, but also the immune system and may have an antiviral effect. There's another one which is being trialled in Australia, which is, or at least there was a proposed trial in Australia of heparin, which is an anticoagulant, but given in very small doses, looks as if it's antiviral. So there's a few nasal sprays which might be able to prevent infection. And we've just got to see good trials come out that show that they work. Otherwise, you're going to be spending a lot of money, maybe doing yourself some harm. You've just got to hang in there until we get the results of the studies. Well, we did promise at the top that we're going to start talking about other germs, not just SARS-CoV-2. And monkeypox is the other big one that people have questions about and about whether the vaccines that we have available to us are actually effective against it or not. Yeah, and that's an ongoing debate. And some people are questioning uh, the effectiveness of the vaccines, although the third generation has had some studies there. But I mean, the the reality is that they've developed these smallpox vaccines without having smallpox around. Because it's a smallpox vaccine that we thought was pretty effective against monkeypox because they're similar viruses. Yeah, and because there's nobody in the world with smallpox, they haven't been able to do it on real people. Now that they're actually giving it to people with monkeypox, you're going to get a real world vaccine effectiveness. So I think it's too early to actually make a call on that. But there are some questions about whether or not it's you know, it does what it says on the label. In other words, what it, it does what it says for smallpox. Does it do it actually for monkeypox as well? And that's, that's still an open question, but it's the best we've got at the moment. Well, we'll keep an eye on that one as well as on COVID. That's all we've got time for on Coronacast today. If you have questions about the virus, any virus, you can send them to us by going to abc.net.au slash coronacast. And we'll see you next time. See you then. 